Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Plan Harvest Prosper. I'm your show's Kellen Williams, Wealth Advisor and Certified Financial Planner for Financial Harvest Wealth Advisors. The purpose of PHP or Plan Harvest Prosper is to help our listeners make wise decisions with your money and encourage you to live a life purposefully towards prosperity. Our listeners will receive completely objective and independent advice every time you check in designed to help you succeed regardless of your age or financial means. We'll challenge you to define what does living a life of significance look like to you and then how to use your wealth to achieve that. Each episode will address a different financial topic with applicable steps to be in action in right now, if not already. We're going to hit a common question circulating amongst investors right now, but we get this in different domains all the time. Given current economic conditions, should we just be in high yield cash positions and get in bonds versus investing in the stock market, which is going up and down, up and down, up and down. It's been kind of sideways market. What about real estate? Interest rates are high, but I really think having a rental property or some kind of investment property should be a part of my por portfolio. We get that a lot too. So why are we still all aboard investing in equities, stocks? When investing, you're not investing in the macro economy or the stock markets. What do you mean, Kellen? You're investing in future performance, always remember that, future performance of companies that overcome adversity to generate profits by consistently innovating. And they're comprised of people like yourself listening and that go to work to take care of their families and strive to live a life of significance themselves, whatever that looks like to them. So have peace of mind when there is uncertainty about how the current economic situation looks. It's been bad before in a different capacity, and it's pretty much always different. But people go to work, they adapt, and they innovate. What does the data show about stocks overcoming adversity? Well, in the past 50 years, the S&P 500, or the 500 largest stocks in the U.S., has been halved three times. But it stands 35 times higher than the start of those 50 years. And so are company earnings as well. So halved three times, but stands 35 times higher. But Kellen, stocks have been down all over the place, up and down since January of 2022. We're still not at market highs. I can buy a U.S. Treasury bill or CD right now, 12 months maturity, short term or less. And I'm getting 5%, maybe a little bit more. Why wouldn't I take that? My response would be, listen, we're with you. We're actively doing CD and T-bill treasury ladders for our clients where appropriate based upon their goals and time horizons. But did you catch that last part of what I just said? Based upon their goals and time horizons, because that's key. Yes, we're buying into these high yield bond instruments, but only where the client has specific short term needs of liquidity or their goals have changed to where they want to scale back on the volatility. If a client's goal is to double their portfolio's value to hit 4 million by the age of 60 in 10 years, they need to have a strong allocation, if not all, in stocks and equities for that particular goal. I know it seems hard to believe given how high short-term yields are, but historically bonds barely keep up with average inflation of 3%. And actually, short-term T-bills have a 0.3% compounded real return, which is after inflation. 
reversion to the mean will happen again, where these yields, these yields will come back down to historical norms. When that happens, stocks most likely will have already bounced again on their ever onward march upwards. And you are going to wish you were part of that ride. That ride, excuse me. So we're a fan of the current high-yielding CDs and T-bills right now, but only when it makes sense for you and your goals. Not because of current economic conditions, which are already priced into the stock markets. All right, now let's talk about investing in a real, rental property or real estate, residential, or maybe having a vacation home that you rent out every now and then. We get this question a lot from clients and absolutely understand why. They usually have some family history, maybe their parents, a realtor, or maybe some friend that has some kind of real estate empire, or they grew up uh, with a vacation home with their parents being snowbirds. And they're just sitting back, collecting the checks while having a tangible piece of property appreciate as well that they can see and, and feel. Sounds like a no-brainer. And sometimes investing in stocks sounds like you're investing in some kind of mythical thing. But again, there are companies that produce profits by innovating and adapting. Let's do a quick comparison of stocks versus real estate. And this is just looking at the data. In this context, a single family home. Recently, the Wall Street Journal had an article about the appreciation of a home bought in 1926 by famed actor at the time, Groucho Marx. It was a 3,800 square foot home bought for $27,000 in 1925. Recently, as of this recording, this is September 2023, the house is again listed for sale at $2.3 million. Seems like quite the strong investment, right? You got 27000 to $2.3 million. Now, what if I told you that of Groucho instead put that 27000 into an SP500 fund at the same time? His fund would be valued today at roughly $304 million, which would be kicking off dividends north of $4.5 million per year at 1.5% of the portfolio. The Case-Shiller Index of Home Prices, which tracks the monthly adjustments of home values, nets a compounded real return, so again, after inflation, of roughly 1.5%, whereas the net return of stocks after inflation is around 7%. So let's just let that sink in. You probably hear a lot in the news, social media, whatever it is, about get-rich-quick and passive income strategies from what we call finfluencers or financial influencers. But the data shows where the odds really do lie in your favor. Even in recent years, the difference is still compelling. From 2012 to 2021, homes have increased 7.8%. And REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, for, think about like commercial real estate, that has increased 12.2% annualized return. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 has annualized 16.6% in that time period. Are there exceptions in people that are very successful with real estate? Absolutely. Especially with low supply locations like near the beach or maybe the mountains. Sure. But the opportunities are much more abundant and available investing in companies. And for a lot of people, it's just hard seeing actual values fluctuate on a day-to-day -day basis where you don't really see that visually looking at you know, Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg, wherever you look for homes. So historically, yes. Real estate does beat inflation, and it does protect your purchasing power. 
but also historically equities are much more effective in doing so, to say the least. Lastly, let me address gold and why I didn't list this as a main asset classes. The three main asset classes to protect your purchasing power from inflation are stocks, um, excuse me, real estate, and then bonds to an extent. But I didn't list gold because it's not really investment. Ever since President Nixon relinquished the gold standard in August of 1971. So it just sits there. And the value is speculation, just like cryptocurrency. With bonds, you get interest that kicks out and you maybe bought it at a discount with a no maturity date. With real estate, you get depreciation of the home and possible rental income. And with stocks, you get depreciation, you get dividends kick out as well. But not so with gold. From 1979 to now, again, September 2023, gold is up two and a half times. Well, in that same time frame, inflation is up four times. So it's not a main asset to construct your long-term wealth with. So this brings us to our PHP for today, our Plant Harvest Prosper. How do we protect our purchasing power to live a life significance given current conditions? First, plant. Stay clear from the noise. I can't stress this enough. How often social media feeds, especially my feed, are flooded with passive income strategies that claim you can retire by the age of 40 based upon real estate investing with Airbnbs or municipal bonds or you name it. Focus on hitting singles. In a market that's been compounding at roughly 7% for over a century, the wealth will come. You just have to be diligent and patient. If you have a globally diversified portfolio, meet with a certified financial planner you trust and consistently engage with and make sure your goals haven't changed and that you're not just coming up with a plan, but you need to have planning because it should be ongoing. Two, harvest. Don't time the markets. Stocks can never be reliably timed. The only way they consistently capture returns is to stay fully invested and ride out the frequent, sometimes very choppy waves, but always temporary waves. This includes last year, the pandemic, 2018, 08, 09, and so forth. Only change your portfolio if your goals or time horizons of your goals have changed. Not with an impulsive response towards market movements and market conditions or the economy. Make sure your savings account is getting 4% at least right now. Banks like Ally.com, Capital One, American Express, uh, Synchrony, all are getting north of 4.25%. That's an easy switch that can much better protect your purchasing power. And then for convenience, a very practical approach, you still keep your checking account. That's Bank of America, Schwab, you know, Chase, just link your checking account that has all your bills going through to that new savings account. And it's very easy. You don't have to change all your billing structure, but you're getting this high yield platform just in your bank accounts. When appropriate, do invest in a CD or treasury ladder right now, given the yields, but not all of your capital. If you're planning on buying a home in the next two years or so, absolutely, this is a great strategy, but not for long-term goals, three years plus. Why? Markets are bursty. The best returns happen quick and in times when least expected. So you need to be invested in order to capture those returns. 
Last three, prosper. If you work with a fiduciary advisor, make sure you both are communicating regularly to stay clear of the noise. Even just once a year can help save thousands and sometimes millions of dollars from a bad decision not being made by pulling out of the markets. Remember, the news is not concerned about your financial well-being. They are concerned about how many views, subscriptions, clicks, etc. they get. So when hearing narratives in the media, always remember what is the source and what is their agenda? Is it valid? Can it be trusted? Where are their credentials? How are they grounding their claims? What does the long-term data say? And just one last note on this. This is a quote from Steve Forbes. Love this. Of course, editor-in-chief of Forbes magazine. He quotes, you make more money selling advice than following it. It's one of the things we count on in the magazine business, along with the short-term memory of our readers. So that's an example of their agenda. So as always, thank you everyone for joining us today and being intentional about being a good steward of your wealth. On our website, if not already a client of ours, please feel free to click on Get a Second Opinion to meet with us to see if there are any gaps in your current planning. And then finally, listeners, please submit a question that you have to Kellen at financialharvest.com or info at financialharvest.com to address a hot topic at our next episode. So thank you everyone for joining us. And as always, keep planting, keep harvesting. Let's prosper together. Thank you, everyone.